Good morning. How are y'all? Feel better? Man, I just want to get lost in his presence, don't you? Man, that's good. I like that. Man, I want to congratulate Chelsea. Chelsea ran a full marathon yesterday. She had some cheerleaders, and, and I, I wasn't at all have this plan, but as I was in worship, I looked over and saw you, and I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage you by that to say you're running a good race. Like, God's so proud of you. He loves you. You're running a good race, and you're beautiful from the inside out, and your smile goes deeper than just your face. It's a joy that comes out from you because the hope of glory lives in you. So you're running a good race. Keep it up. Really proud of you for yesterday, but just the life, just who you are, who you're, you're being in him is really amazing. Last week, we called out a word of knowledge for back pain. Um, at the very end of service, I just kind of popped it in there. Two weeks in a row, while I'm sitting there in worship, just taking a minute with the Lord, uh, I start experiencing back pain. So um, last week when I called it out, waited to the end, called it out, and several people were, he were healed after service. Um, I know at least three or four were healed of back pain after service. So right now, if you have any pain in your body, or if you're at home watching, if you have pain in your body, just, just stand up, if you're able to with that pain. Just stand if you have any pain in your body whatsoever. The Lord was broken so that we could be whole. Jesus was broken so we could be whole, all right? Uh, so you don't have to walk out of here with the same pain you walked in. Um, no matter what, he's good. He wants to heal. His desire is to heal. Uh, we're going to talk about his name today, and one of his names, one of his titles is Healer. So we know his motives. We know his nature. We know his will based on what he calls himself and what, what his titles or natures are, and he is Healer. So if you're around those people right now, just ask what pain you're praying for. And uh, just a really quick pain. Like, what, what is it? Pain scale. What is the pain? Where is it at? What is the pain scale? Out of zero to ten, what is the pain? And then, very, very briefly, we don't have to beg or tarry or plead or yell at God to heal. He wants to. So if you're at home, just put your hand on whatever's hurting. We're going to lead you through a quick prayer. So Jesus... We command pain to go in Jesus' name. By your blood, by your stripes, we're healed. We command pain to go and healing to flow in Jesus' name. All pain go in Jesus' name. Healing flow. Perfect alignment for your assignment. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. So if you're online right now, if you're here, check it out. See if any of that pain diminished significantly. If it did, will you just wave two hands? If you so, just experienced some breakthrough, test it out. Please don't, like, overboard, but test it out. If there was significant improvement, just wave at us. If you were healed at home, just write it on the comments. We'd love to praise the Lord with you. Is anybody experiencing freedom? Some freedom on a measurable level. Anybody? Okay, got one, two. Anybody else? Just encourage you by the end of service to continue to test that and, uh, and walk out of here in freedom. Um, I feel like the Lord wants to do some really fun things today. All right, we are not bound to, to just the same thing we've always done. We are not bound to a schedule. We are not bound to, um, to just the way every Sunday should always work, right? We, we operate with the flow of the Holy Spirit and he blows like a wind and some days he wants to heal. Some day, uh, let me just reword that. Every day he wants to heal. Every day he wants to save. Every day he wants to deliver and give us hope and, and heal depression and anxiety and all these things. So today just may be your day you get to walk in freedom. All right? 
Last week we ended with today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of being saved, healed, and delivered. The Greek word sozo, today is the day. How many believe that we can walk in that day every day? If you're moping around, just look up. Jesus is good. If you're stuck in the misery of the world and the misery of the culture and misery of other things going on and what other people think the world is, just look up because God's good. One of the greatest healings I got since January is I stopped watching the news. <laughs> I want God's perspective and his narrative, not what the world thinks. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not condemning anybody who watches the news. I get glimpses of what's happening because I want to pray. All right, so I'm not totally sheltered. My head's not in the sand. Don't take me the wrong way. But I want God's perspective on things. And if you're starting to feel down, just focus up. All right, so the last couple weeks, let me get into this before we just start going full, full, I don't know. We might end up there anyway, and I'm okay with that. We started with the blood two weeks ago. Last week, we talked about the cross. I just felt like um, there's this call to, the, to the, just the sin simplicity of the gospel right now. I feel there's a call. When I took over training as a fire lieutenant at the Troy Fire Department, one of the things we did and we continue to do is go back to the basics. What good is a thermal imaging camera and all these things if we can't even catch a hydrant to get, make sure we got water to our guys going inside a fire? So going back to the basics and doing those things really, really well and knowing those things really well to where it's an unconscious competence, all right? To where it's within us. Within, we don't even have to think about putting on our mask. It is so fast. We're doing it within 20 seconds to go into that fire. So we got back to the basics and we do those. We master the basic skills so well that everything extra is like this bonus and we, do, we continue to build on that. And I felt like this call the last few weeks to just start there and just go from there. And since Peter Lewis was here, we've had this just sweet kind of orchestrated thing about what the Lord is flowing in here uh, the last few weeks. It's a series and we didn't even plan it. And it was the blood, the cross. Now today is the name. Next week is the spirit. And the week after that, I think is the family, maybe. We kind of, Corey and uh, Josh Haas are speaking the next two weeks and uh, really excited for that. So I just felt like, man, I voice memoed him this week. I was like, hey, I think the Lord might be doing something right now. I think we may be in the midst of a series. Here's what I'm feeling. If you're feeling the same, go for it. If not, you have freedom to change whatever you want. But I feel like the Lord's doing something back to the simplicity of the gospel, to the simplicity of who he is, the simplicity of his goodness, of his grace, of his power, of his majestic uh, wonder. Like today, we're talking about the wonder and awe. So today, I want to focus on the name. And, and, and I'll be honest, uh, I joked around a couple weeks ago about like the things we talk about to new baby Christians or unbelievers, right? Like, you'll be cleansed by the blood. What? Think about somebody who's never heard the name Jesus, never saw a Bible, never read a Bible, and, and you're going to be washed by the blood. So today is one of those things, like we could get really confused by, by the name because we call him Jesus, but our church in Mexico calls him Jesus, right? There's all of these things, and then if you go back to the Hebrew, it's Yahweh. So we get the, well, you're not using the right name. No, our thing is our adoration of who the name is, who is behind the name. So that's hopefully the accomplishment today is there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Yahweh. There is power in the name of Jehovah. And we'll go through some of those today. But my, my wife and I, we have four girls, if you don't know us. And um, see some new faces here, so it's amazing. We're glad you're here. You, you abs congratulations, you found the best church in this entire region. We just want to congratulate you. There's a ton of good ones. I have lots of friends in the area and city that are pastors, but man, you found the best one today. 
My wife and I, we have four daughters. Um, none of them are in the room right now. They're serving in kids' classes. Two are homesick. Hi, Olivia and Evelyn. And uh, Nadasa Wonder, man, she's our bundle of fire, okay? Our bundle of joy, our, the one that keeps us on our toes, the one that challenges our patience, the one that has me interceding and having discernment often, okay? But anyway, every, every time Nicole was pregnant, uh, we went on a baby moon just before she was going to give birth, and we're like, we got to pick some names, all right? We still have a list of names we didn't use, and we're going to save those to give them to our daughters maybe one time for grandkids if they decide not to go with Aaron, okay? Boy or girl, it doesn't matter. So anyway, we would go on these trips, and we would uh, pick out names, and we would try to figure out, okay, what, what is the Lord saying? But it wasn't just like, okay, what's the cool trending name? It wasn't just, okay, what, what sounds good with Simmons, which, I mean, it's all got to flow, right? It's, it's got to sound good, too. But we would say, what is the Lord calling on this life that's inside Nicole right now? What is, what is the Lord purposed? And we would pick names based on meaning. We would pick names based on what do we feel the Lord calling them to in life for such a time as this, for their generation, for their time in history, and for their mark on this planet. So that's what we would do. We'd say, Lord, what are you calling? And we would figure this out. And sometimes we would look up a meaning in a name associated with a meaning or a purpose. And we would intercede and we'd go, we, we'd like take a whole weekend in Florida doing this on the beach. It was awesome. We should get pregnant again, baby. <laughs> Have an excuse just to <laughs> It wasn't that bad for me. <laughs> I better just keep going in the message before I get in more trouble. I didn't think labor was all that bad at all. <sighs> I'll stick to the preaching. You ladies stick to childbirth, all right? I wouldn't be able to handle it. I had COVID a year ago right now on my birthday. It was in a few days, and um, I, I had COVID, and, man, I, I was down. Like, but when I get the flu or a cold, I like, oh, just put me out of my misery. Lord, take me now, you know? So I would not be able to handle childbirth. I'm just saying so Chloe, Chloe Grace is, is our oldest daughter. Her name means blooming grace, favor, and blessing. She's always blooming. If you know Chloe, it, it matches. She's just full of grace and compassion and this patience and this demeanor that is mature well beyond her years. We have Olivia, Olivia Ray. And to come to find out, um, my spiritual father, my mentor's father, spiritual father, Jack, uh, Jack Taylor, went to be with, his, with the Lord and got his upgrade. Uh, his middle name was Ray. We didn't realize that until a year after we named Olivia. But Olivia Ray means an olive tree of peace, life, and Ray is purity, innocence of the lamb, living pure, which has been a challenge until the last couple of years. Man, we have seen such an amazing growth in our daughter Olivia, and she was always be challenged in telling us the truth and confessing. Did you eat a cookie? Nope. Nope, wasn't me. Right? Anybody else have a child like that? There's chocolate chips on your mouth. Did you eat that cookie? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. Then there's Evelyn Josiah. I mentioned her last week about her love for the gospel, her love, her, her hero, who she looks up to more than me, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Billy Graham. And her name means, Evelyn means life-giving. Josiah means fire of God. Life-giving, the fire of God. We know that she's called to be an evangelist and preach the gospel and reach the multitudes. Then we have Hadassah, Hadassah Wonder. Hadassah means myrtle tree. It's a pleasant smell. Righteous are usually called the myrtles. We'll be called myrtles, the righteous of God. So the righteous in amazement or awe of God. That is our children's names, their meanings. We knew that Hadassah was being called to be a worshiper and stand and walk in the awe of the Lord. 
So, so we knew these things, and that's what we did. We, we, so your name, whether you knew it or not, was actually given to you by the Lord before you were ever formed. It says the Lord called you by name. So you need to figure out what your name means, all right? Because there is some amazing purpose in your life that you need to tap into that if you don't know that yet, you are called for such a time as this. You are called with destiny. You are called for purpose. You are called and placed in this position on the planet here, right here, Tip City, in this moment for your generation, for your people in your workplace, for people in your family, for people in your friend group, in your neighborhood, in your whatever. You were called. There is something behind your name. There is something significant behind you. So let's go to the greatest name of all, Jesus. Matthew 1, 20 through 25. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm skipping some stuff and changing some things up. Matthew 1, 20 through 25 says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now this is an angel appearing to Joseph, saying, Joseph, son of God, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay, this is from the prophet Isaiah, where he was prophesying there should come a time where, where a virgin will have a son, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he, didn't, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to her son, and he called his name, what? Jesus. Listen, ever since that Christmas and everyone since then, Jesus has been more than just a name, has been hope, has been life, has been salvation, has been glory, has been joy, right? All of these things, that's, that's what Jesus has become to us who know him, right? And he's even that to those who don't know him yet. But as we know in, in John 20, 31, when you believe in Jesus the Son, you have life in that name. Acts 4, 12, it says there's no other name by which we shall be saved. There's no other name among creation, among humanity, among the earth that we should be saved. Colossians three seventeen, whether you do it in dirt, deed, or word, do it unto the name of Jesus, right? And we keep going through. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says this. It says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. How many know there's power in his name? We have a church in Mexico, and I know there's some Jesuses running around there, but there's difference in that Jesus than the name of Jesus that has Messiah behind him, within him. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on the earth. At the mention of his name. That the rocks will cry out his name. If we won't, the rocks will. I want to beat the rocks. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. I want to skip to Revelation 7, 9. The end of the book says it like this. It says, after this, this is John the Beloved having this incredible encounter with the Lord, the vision of eternity in the glory realm of heaven. It says, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation. There's your racial solution right there. Yeah. 
Jesus truly is the answer to every issue that we're facing in our culture right now. He truly is the answer to the racial tensions and divisions and and discriminations from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. You know, there are people across the planet saying the name of Jesus, but in their own tongue it might sound a little different. Yeah, Jesus loves them too. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. It doesn't matter the color of our skin, how we're registered in a political system, what our court number may have been when I was growing up. We've got a team right now at the detention center that I spent a little, a few hours, a couple days in, a day in, a day. It was a day. We've got a team right there, Micah and, and John Reed. John Reed spent a lot more time than I did in that, in that facility. We recognized him last week, but John, John and them, they're there sharing the gospel right now with a group of teenagers who were locked up because of some mistakes they made. But let me just tell you, they're not known by that number. They're known by the name that God gave them before they were ever formed. That they know who they are and whose they are by the time Micah and John leave that facility today. Clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Let me move back here. In John 14, 12 through 14, it says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works he will do. Wow. In John, it also says that not a series of books can contain all of what Jesus did. Talked about this. Talked about how my grandpa taught himself and taught himself how to read and educate himself through, through the, the set of encyclopedias, right? After seventh, eighth grade, he dropped out of school to help care for the family and work, and, and then he, he ed, further educated himself through encyclopedias. Imagine how much information, and I used to look at those, right? If you remember me sharing this story, like, I want those one day. I remember thinking, when my grandpa dies, I want that set of encyclopedias. We had a set. We have a, a Britannica set, you know? We had that set. Now we have the internet. <laughs> but not a series of books can contain all of what Jesus did, but he's saying, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Wow. It's not weird for us to call out back pain and see people walk out of here straight, upright, and free of pain when they came in here. It's not weird. It is not weird for us to see somebody healed of seizures or anxiety or depression or, or healed in, in a relationship reconciled that was facing destruction, death, and divorce. That's not weird. Greater works will do. It's not weird when Catherine stands up a couple years ago in here with metal in her foot, couldn't bend it with all full mobility, and then suddenly walked out with freedom and the metal had disappeared. Different than your average American church? Possibly. Weird? No, because greater works we can do than what Jesus did, and Jesus became the perfect example. He was perfect theology. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 16, 23 repeats it. Ask anything in my name, and I'll do it. Anything in whose name? His name, Jesus. Anything in his name, he'll do it. There is power. It's within his ability. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we're actually saying, God, we bless this within your nature, within your ability. We're sealing it with your name. We are sealing it with your yeses and amens. We are sealing it within your promises. We are sealing it within your declarations, within your ability, within your nature, within your will, within your agenda. We are sealing it. 
We are adding an explanation point with your name saying it's within what you want to do and who you are and why you came to this earth to save, seek and save that which was lost. For the joy set before him, we talked last week that he endured the cross. And now there is power in this name that when we pray within the name, and we usually end our prayers in Jesus' name we pray, amen, right? In Jesus' name. Because it's not just a title, it's not just a, a set of letters, it's not just, it's we're praying within the Lord's ability. We are praying within the Messiah's ability, within the Creator's ability. We are creating, we are, <laughs> there is way more behind this name than what we sometimes fathom and think. Let, let, me, let me carry on here. Exodus 3, 12 through 15 says this. Is it okay if we go back to Old Testament? We are Old Testament, we are New Testament, we are His Testament. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is, this, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. <laughs> I am sent you. My dad, one of the facility, after we had completed construction. And we had this door. Somebody had donated this door to us that was sitting um, in downtown Troy. There was a series of doors. Sometimes they do art things in Troy. And it's the I am door. We refer to it as the I am door. And everywhere in the Bible that has I am is within this door. I am the good shepherd. I am, there's all these promises of who he is and I am's, right? So my dad preached this power. If any, how many love hearing Pastor Greg preach? Fire, right? So he preached this fire message of the I am. And that's the significance of this door because I am is so significant. I am sums up everything. L listen, God is everything to everyone, everywhere. That is the I am. I am, I will, and I always will be, right? I was. It's, it's saying this. So, so we go on in scripture and he says, God replied to him, I am who I am. Say to the people that I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Now he's giving some clarity. Because Moses, you know, Moses is like, that might be kind of weird if, if I say, I am sent me. As in like Moses saying, I am. So God's like, okay, tell him Yahweh. Everybody say Yahweh. Yahweh. The God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. What he's saying here, he is the God of the generations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are three generations. The God of the universe. The God of all generations has sent you. The God of all generations has commissioned Moses for the people of Israel. And it says, has sent me to you. That is, this is my eternal name, my name to be remembered for all generations. Come on, somebody. The I am. The I am sums up who he is. Listen, we look in Revelation 2, and they start singing this song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come who was, who will ever have been, who is in this moment, and for whoever will be everything. Yeah. To all people and all generations for all eternity. That's the I am. He is everything. I love what Brianna was saying, and she stole some of my thunder here. He is our provider. Jehovah Nietzsche, our provider, right? And we go through this. He is whatever you need in this moment and forever to come. That's the beautiful thing about heaven. He meets your need and quenches your need before you ever even have it. It's the grace of the Lord. He's so good. So he is more than a name. He's our everything. Revelation 7, 9 says this. Oh, I already went there. So titles and natures. Let me, let me conti continue on here. 
There's 950, according to ChristianAnswers.org, there, there, there are 951 titles of God in the Bible. I love speaking on this. I reference it a lot. If you're here at least a month, you're going to hear me probably reference this at least once a month. Because there is something within each person in here, and a couple hundred people that are in here, and the others that are watching live, or, or even through the week, there are all of these dozens, if not hundreds, of needs that we work through within our personal lives, within our history, within our, within our week, within our day, right? Well, 951 titles of God in the Bible meet every single one of those needs because his nature is within his title, and his title is within his name. If I need peace, he is the prince of peace. If I need to be called in royalty, he is the king of kings. If I need to know who my identity is, yeah, he's my father. He's my dad. He's Abba, right? If I need comforter, he's my comforter and my guide. If I'm having issues in my marriage, he's my great counselor. Not opposed to other counseling either, however... He is the counselor. If I need healing in my body, who is he? He's healer. Elohim, my creator. Jehovah, my Lord God. El Shaddai, my supplier. Adonai, my master. Jehovah Jireh, like we've talked about, my provider. Jehovah Rafi, my healer. Jehovah Nisi, my banner or victor. Jehovah Makadesh, my sanctifier. Emmanuel, God with me all the time. God with us. And we could go on and on and on about who God is. And there's something powerful for every person in every time of life and every need and every circumstance is this, he is. He is. Let me, let me move on here because there's even better news. If God truly is the I am, that means that you are. If God is the I am and there is something powerful above... <laughs> That is something critical to that name. There's something amazing to that name. The moment, if, if you've ever been having a bad day, anybody ever have one of those? Can you, you know what? John is, John's amazing. But he does have some bad days. He does. My, my mentor says there's no such thing as good days or bad days. There's only grace days, and some days you need more grace than others. Why? Because the I am is there, and he says his grace is sufficient for all needs. Genesis 1.26 says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth, every, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us make man in our image. Let us make man to be more like and to look like and be from our very DNA and fabric. Okay, let, let me get into something somewhat complicated here, but I'm going to try to, to deliver it the way the Lord's kind of showed me. I was going to get so tied up in the names and the Hebrew language and show a four-minute video, and I just feel like it's something about the simplicity of the gospel right now. There's a whole other message in some of this. But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. Creation. The old has what? Passed away, and the new has what? Come. So you're no longer, when you, are, when you call out the name of Jesus, and just like there's no other name to be saved, amen? 
There's only one way to the cross. There's only one way to heaven. It's through Christ. It's through what he did on the cross, what his blood cleansed and called us in by his name to be saved, okay? So when we do that, we call on his name. He changes our entire makeup. He changes who we are. He changes our name. We have a name change. You're going to see this throughout the Bible and throughout history, throughout the stories of there was Saul on his road to Damascus who through an encounter with the Lord became Paul. You'll see this often in the word. So, so let me get into Genesis here, and I'm actually only going to reference this, but those note takers out there, Genesis 17 talks about this, this encounter that happens with Jacob. And Jacob is wrestling with the Lord, wrestling with this angel. All right? How many felt like you've been in a, like Peter Lewis said a few weeks ago, a wrestling match lately? Anybody else feel like the last year and a half to two years has been a big, fat wrestling match? What is truth? What do I believe? What, well, what, am I a racist? What, all of these things, right? You start questioning yourself and question, what is reality? You start questioning like the things of the world, like, well, man, it, that isn't injustice. Absolutely there are injustices, there are things, there are stuff. And it feels like at times we've been in this wrestling match. Even me, like, Nicole and I have been having some really great conversations the last year and a half. God's been pressing us and sifting through things and, okay, what really matters? So Genesis, we get to 17 here, and Jacob's wrestling. And, and we get to, to the verse where it says, um, actually, I'm in a totally wrong reference. I skipped ahead. I'm totally off. Let's start here. Genesis 17 is talking about Abraham and Sarah. Okay, and there's a name change there. And, and he says, you'll no longer be known as Sarai and Abram, but you'll be known as Abraham and Sarah. Now, now here's what the complex thing is. He entered an H into their names. The H in the Hebrew alphabet is the fifth letter. Five means grace. He entered himself. He literally grafted them into a kingdom family and himself into them just through a name change of faith. So no longer was it Sarai, now it's Sarah. No longer is it Abram, it's Abraham. He grafts us in. When there is a name change, when there is an identity change that now we don't just believe in Jesus, we believe in who we are in him, there is a change that happens. And literally, part of our makeup, part of who we are, part of our focus, part of our life changes. We are a new creation now. Now let me, let me get on to what I was talking about. So Jacob, in Genesis 32, is wrestling with this angel. And, and all of a sudden, it says in... Uh, it says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with man and have what? Overcome. Let, let me just say, our fight isn't against flesh and blood. It's principalities, rulers of this right. Right now, what I found in January, can I just share my heart for just a second? What I found in January is I was getting mad at people who didn't think like me, who didn't think what I felt was biblical, who didn't do this, that, blah, blah, blah. And I had to free shift to say, man, my, my fight's not against that person. It's against the principalities of what's happening in, in our world, in our nation, in our politics, in our healthcare system, all of these things, right? So I had to sift through that. And I had to say, okay, but, but, but God here. Lord, what are you doing? What, what name are you implementing yourself into this, okay? So, but it says that he had overcame. So even though he was even, we went through a, pretty bad tragedy in my family. My mom passed away of cancer. My mom and dad were the pastors here at the time. And my mom passed away of cancer. We obviously, as you now know, believe in healing, okay? 
We had seen tumors dissolve. We had seen pretty radical healings, and yet our, the, the pastor's wife, the pastor of the church, dies of cancer. It shook us pretty hard. It was pretty, pretty rough. It challenged faith. People left like, oh, God didn't heal that. He's, he isn't going to heal anything. Wrong. So I went through a journey. Like, God, man, are, are you really into healing? Are you really healing today? Yep, I am. Hey, look, here's this. But that was just an earache. That was just back pain. Do you know it takes the same miracle and back pain that it does a, a, a tumorous cancer tumor? That was a weird word. If it created, if it required God's intervention to change it, as much as he can heal a back pain or an earache or a sore toe, he can heal cancer and he can raise the dead and he can sanctify the lost and he can bring dark, light to darkness. The same miracle that's needed is by the same Jesus, by the same name of God, right? When I do activations and we do trainings in school, we celebrate the crap out of those little things. Like we're like, that's amazing. Wow, you had this little twitch in your knee and now it's gone? Yay, Jesus, if he can do that, he can do anything. I'm making some of this stuff up, but it's true. Like, like we want to say, well, uh, that was just a little thing. It just went away. There, you had pain when you walked in here last week. Three to four people walked out pain-free from a word of knowledge. He may have divinely healed that some other way on your way home. I, I don't know, but, but there was something that changed by the name of Jesus and the blood that was placed over that. Let, let me move on here. Philippians 1.6 says this. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Listen, God ain't done, y'all. He said on the cross, he says, it is finished. But let me just say, that marks a new day of new creations and new beginnings, and it's just beginning. That's restarted time. That ended time, it restarted time, it is all time. It's all put together in an eternal manner, okay? It's way bigger than we think. But God's not finished with you yet. You might feel like you've been wrestling. You might feel like you're depleted. You might feel like giving up. But God ain't done. Why? Because there is a name behind your name, and it's Jesus. And Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is an amazing story of the name of God, of who he is in you, who he needs to be in you, who he needs to be in your situation, your circumstance, your life struggles, your temptations. Listen, you're no longer known as addict. You're now known as son or daughter. You, you took on a new name. The name of Jesus gives you a new name. When, when I got married to Nicole, she took on a new name. She took on my name. When we get married to Jesus, <laughs> oh, man. The bride gets married to Jesus, the groom of all grooms. All of a sudden, we get a name change, and we get to take on his name in every one of those situations. Now I get to be an overcomer. I might be walking with a limp. I might be walking a little banged up from this wrestling match. But guess what? I got a new name, and his name's Jesus. I've been purchased with the blood. I had a, I had a Christ Messiah hang on a cross for me and raised from the dead for me, and I am raised up with him in eternity forever, and I can live life abundant on earth because I have a new name. I'm an overcomer. You're a royal priesthood. That's what the Bible says. You're a royal priesthood. You're more than a conqueror. You are holy because he is holy is what it says. I'm just spurting out scripture to you. It's one thing to know it here. It's another thing for this journey to get to here. 
You were purchased by this blood. Those of you who weren't here a few weeks ago, this red tape symbolizes the blood. You were purchased by this blood. Your creator hung on a cross for you. He redeemed you. He reconciled you through the resurrection. And now you got a new name in all of creation. Your name is inserted in this book called the Lamb's Book of Life. And one day we get to stand in glory with our Father. We get to stand and see him and be in awe, just like Revelation says. We get to stand there and, and sing holy, holy, holy with all of heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. We get to see the I am in his fullness. Without scales, without injustices, without hurt, without pain, without sorrow, without judgments, right? For every tongue and with every tribe and every nation and every socioeconomic makeup and every color of skin and every height and every color of eye, we get to stand there in the fullness of his glory, praising and being all of the I am. Let me end with this. Piano can come. I love this story. There's a couple people in the Bible that just kind of mess with me. Anybody else like that? Like, how'd they use him? Peter's one of them. Peter's like having these deep conversations with the Lord, right? And the first one, or one of them is like, Peter, do you love me? And, and it's just amazing how many know, like there's so much depth in the word of God. I know, I know on Wednesday nights, that's a good place to be hanging out with Steve, my man Steve Justice. They go through this. There's so much depth. He's asked him three times because he knew he was going to deny him three times. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, yeah, Jesus, I love you. I feel you, I love you. I, I love you like a brother. I love you like a friend. No, do you love me? Yeah, yeah, I love you. And on the third time, no, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I agape, unconditionally love you as Messiah. The other story in the Bible that we're going to highlight today because there's something beyond the power of the name. It's who's behind the name. I love you doesn't mean much if my heart's not in it. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Like we can pray in Jesus' name all we want, but if our heart's not, we can stand and, and up on a Sunday and worship all we want. And if we go out of here, like, is our heart really in it if we're a different person out there than we are in here? Like, that's the intimacy of the Lord is that I get to be the same wherever I'm at, even in my flaws. And I'm not ashamed. And Brianna calling out hypocrisy might just mean that, that man, maybe, maybe you don't have a true revelation of who God really is. Because once we have a revelation of who God really is, our worship changes, goes deeper, and sustains us way longer than just a thought. There's something more than just I love you. When I say I love you to my wife, it's proven by, by, by good deeds. It's proven by me occasionally taking out the trash without being asked. It's proven by me asking how was your day today? It's proven by how can I make you feel more valued? These are questions I ask my wife on a pretty regular basis. She reminded me like two months ago, you haven't asked me that in a while. Because the I love you is something more powerful than just the three words and the eight letters that make it up. It's the same thing with the name of Jesus. There is something more powerful than just Jesus or Yahweh or Yeshua or, or, or whatever, however you like to pray to the same God. Okay, let's just get that out there. He is the same God. Not talking about false, weird, dead gods here. He's the only God that does not have a grave or a tomb. 
the visit. He is alive. So let's just get, get that straight. Matthew 16 says this. Let's, let's close the deal here. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? See, basically you're saying like, some say you're a good teacher, some say you're just a prophet and you have good insight with God. You know, that's, that's kind of what they're alluding to here. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. There's something deeper than just the name. It's who's behind the name. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, you have had, Peter, it's not just information that you have this. You don't just see me as a prophet or a teacher. You have had an encounter with me. You have had an encounter with Holy Spirit. You have had a revelation or an impartation that has revealed that I am more than just a teacher or a prophet or a title or a name or a nature. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. On this rock, on this rock, Jesus. On this rock, Messiah. On this rock, Creator. On this rock, 951 titles of God. On this rock, we'll build our church. Not on sand of some false God, not on some hyper grace thing, not on some legalistic works thing, but on this rock of love, because God is love. On this rock of Jesus Christ, no gates of hell, no attack from the enemy, no division will come against it. We are in a world that is trying. The enemy has this narrative and has this agenda to divide the church, to divide nations, to divide people, to divide races, to divide opinions, to divide based on what you're registered to vote. But Jesus says on this rock, gonna build the church. On this rock that unifies Christ for eternity from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, I'm gonna build the church. This was in a place where they were actually worshiping a God called Pan. He was a God of infertility and fear in a cave in these rock things. And they're like, no, not those rocks. On this rock, Jesus Christ, we're building this church. And this church, nothing will come against it. On this church, what you bind on earth, we have the power to bind and loose through the name of Jesus. We get to bind, we get to rebuke, we get to cancel anything that's not of God. And we get to lose all of what heaven is, all of what God is. Let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. We get to cancel the works of the enemy and unleash God in every area of everywhere to everyone. 
That's the name of Jesus on that rock, on that foundation, on that firm foundation. That's the name of Jesus. That's the church that's supposed to be built on Jesus. Not what denomination you are, not what building you attend on Sunday, but on Jesus Christ. That's the rock. I have this heart to unify the bride. One of my best friends is a Baptist in the area. One of my best friends in the area. We go hunting together, we go fishing together. Dale Christian from, from First Baptist in Troy. He's probably technically old enough to be my dad, but we hang out and we have fun. We probably don't even agree on a whole lot of theological things, but we agree on Jesus Christ. And we agree on canceling the works of the enemy. We just do it in a little bit slightly different approach, probably through our sermons and through our life and through different things. But we love to hunt, we love to fish, we love to smoke meat, and we love Jesus Christ. On those four things, I can build friendship. The rock that Jesus is on, you take any one of those away, including even me agreeing theologically with him, I'm still his friend. I have friends that are Muslims. <laughs> I have friends that I don't agree with their lifestyle. I was alone in Columbus, I'm gonna tell it. I was alone in Columbus this weekend at a fire training and <laughs> a gay white waiter bought me a drink. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you so much. Thank you. Bless you. <laughs> like, that was weird. I texted my wife. I was like, that was weird. A man just gave me a drink. And then I'm at the gym. And the only guy that, he and I, was about 20 people in there. And I was at this gym just, just visiting and doing a workout at this gym. And, and the only guy that beat me uh, was obviously likely, let me just, I do not ever want to judge, but was likely in an alternative lifestyle that I wouldn't agree with and that I don't feel pleases the Lord. Man, me and him had the funnest conversation after the workout. I was like, dude, you killed that thing. I was just hoping you wouldn't lap me. Why? Because I'm on this rock called Jesus, and even if somebody disagrees with me, even if they're in a different lifestyle than me, even if they believed in a different God than me, guess what? It's the goodness of God that brings men into repentance. I wasn't like, wait, what sexual orientation are you? Because if I agree with you, then I'm going to share the love of Jesus with you. No, like Jesus, God is love. He's going to love you no matter where you're at. On this rock, he's going to build his church. And let me just tell you, when we focus on Jesus, all the other stuff just disappears and doesn't become a focal point. It doesn't become a worry. It doesn't become a concern. And while we were singing that song, I just wanna, I just wanna lose my heart. How some of those lyrics go? I just wanna worship you. I just wanna move your heart. I am so bad with lyrics and names. They just, I just wanna move your heart. And I was sitting there having this conscious thought. If nothing else, else, and nothing else in my life succeeds, starting to speak in another language up here. Come on, y'all. That's the hint, God saying, close Aaron, seal the deal, you're done, let him go. Let my people go. <laughs> if nothing else in my life succeeds, it wasn't the first time I've actually made a mistake trying to say the word succeed in a public setting. 
I once was doing, officiating this wedding. All right, just one story. You guys good with one more story? I'm so sorry right now. I am so out of uh, kind of probably Holy Spirit the second. There was this huge wedding in Dayton. Uh, Sylvia, it was your, nef- your niece, your niece and Corey, okay? So huge wedding, Shiloh Baptist Church, I believe, downtown Dayton, like probably 500 people, two, three microphones on. And I don't know if you know this about me, like here, I'm cool. I got jeans on, I've got tennis shoes on. You're my people, you're my tribe. I can even go to a conference of a thousand people in Norway, still be super comfortable, because it's my tribe, it's my people. All of a sudden, you put a tie on me, something changes. Like totally changes. Funerals and weddings, I am so nervous for. Like, like shaking nervous. Like, like when I first start, I'm like this, all right? When people ask me to do a wedding, I warn them, like, okay, but it's a different guy up there than what you see on a Sunday, all right? So I'm trying to do this wedding, and I was saying, the keys to the successful marriage, and I started stuttering so bad. The keys to the sex, 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 sex of marriage. And I'm like, oh. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't so bad, was it? So I finished the, the ceremony, I get down, Nicole's really the only one I know there, like intimately, and I was like, was that so bad? She's like, it was hideous, Aaron. It's like, oh, no, I didn't think anybody noticed. She's like, everybody noticed. It was terrible. And if I had it to do all over again, I'd be like, at least make light of it. Like, you're married now, in God's eyes, you can do that all night long now. You know, something, so bad. But if I fail everything in life, if I just move his heart, that's the rock that this is built on. That's the rock I want my life to be built on. Not pleasing man, not obtaining another title, not not measuring success by how many people are in our church or how much money's in my bank or whatever. However we, society measures success. I go to these church conferences all the time and pastors meetings and they're like, the first question is how big's your church? big enough that God loves it, that's my answer. I don't ever answer that question because it offends me because the Bible says where two or more are gathered, he's in our midst. It only takes one to have a worship service and two to have a church service. So I'm like, there, that's what I say. I don't care. We don't take attendance on Sunday because God isn't always in the numbers. Now somebody counted the 120, they counted the 5,000 they fed. I get it. All right, it's great. And he's staying with me. I'm just going to keep going. I'd like to do a serious prayer over you. We're gonna do three things. I'm gonna do a serious prayer, like impartation. There's some need that you came with today that you may consciously know it's wearing on you or just something that's in the back of your mind. I believe God is that answer, his name. He has a nature for that. He is the I am. He is the I am. He's gonna cover that, he's got you. And, And he's reminding you, you are. You are a conqueror, you are the royal priesthood of God. You are a son, you are a daughter. You are called for such a time as this. So I'm gonna pray for you. Then we're gonna have a prayer team up here and the prayer team, if you have any further need, if you don't know Jesus as Messiah, one of the greatest natures is he saves. He saves, he redeems, forgives us of our sins and welcomes us into eternity with him as a free gift of what he already paid. If you have not received that, we want to invite you to receive that. And there's a team that, that's willing to pray. If you need healing, if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, whatever. But then we're going to dismiss. And I believe there are people around you that God's going to catch your eye with that needs an encouraging word. In the church language, it would be, they need a prof- prophetic word. 
All right, let's, let's make that to everyday language. They need encouraged. They need comforted. They need uplifted, all right? So I'm going to release you, and the assignment's going to be that you find one person, and you release one of those natures of God over and say, hey, I'm seeing this, and God is your provider. I'm seeing this, God is your healer. I'm seeing this, and God wants to encourage you that he is the joy, that you are the joy that was set before him, etc. okay? So really, really easy. Just give somebody a compliment through the eyes of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you for being everything we need to all of us everywhere. Lord, we thank you that on this rock, we will build your church, not our church, not our kingdom, not our agenda, not our um, measurement of success, but Lord, on you, Jesus Christ, we build your church. We don't just welcome you here. We plant you in the center of all things. We just want to move your heart, Jesus. Whether we're here in person or watching online or couldn't make it, we watch through the week, Lord, we want to move your heart. Lord, we want to know you intimately in every one of your natures, your wills, your titles, your agendas. Lord, there is no name above your name on the earth or in the heavens. And we call out right now, Jesus. Just in your own way, call out Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, we bless your mighty name. Yahweh, we bless your mighty name. Jesus, we bless you, Lord. There is none like you. There is none above you. Just in your own way right now, just begin to bless his heart. Call out his name. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We bless you. Abba, we love you. Yes, Jesus. Lord, we ask you to cover every need in this place, every circumstance, every trial, every temptation. You've cleansed it with your blood. You've paid for it on the cross. You've redeemed it through resurrection. And Lord, we just call out your name and seal it with your kiss. In Jesus' name. In whose name? Jesus. We pray. Amen. Encourage somebody. There's prayer people up here if you need it. We love you. Have an amazing week.